Hey, welcome to episode two of Dungeon Seekers. Today, we're discussing where to begin when you're a new player. Uh, before we get started, just a shout out to our sponsors. First, we have the Mouse Merch Box. It is a quarterly subscription box for all things Disney. It's $70 per box, and you get $120 to $150 worth of merchandise. Next, we have the Great Adventure Supply Company. Um, they have uh, kind of Disney meets pop culture um, t-shirts, hats, um, all sorts of cool stuff to wear to the parks. So if you're into Disney, check both of them out. Um, you can see them either directly below me or um, if you click on the info tab if you're watching this on your phone. So now that that's out of the way, um, episode two, where do I begin? So if you're brand new to Dungeons and Dragons, um, obviously, you know, once you find people to play with, you have to figure out what to do with that. Um, so where to begin? For me, um, I began with kind of with a group that had already been playing. So um, in that case, your DM will kind of guide you a little bit as far as what you need, what to do. Um, but the basics that you're always going to need, dice. I could talk about dice for days. Um, get yourself just, just one set of dice to start with. If you're anything like me, you're going to end up with like 25 sets of dice. Um, but some of the people I play with have like one or two. Um, once you know the details of your character, you may want to get more of certain dice. So for example, currently I'm playing a warlock. I have spells where I roll like 4d10. So rather than just rolling four times, I like to just have four of them so I can roll them at once. Um, plus I love dice, so that gives me an excuse to buy more. Um, the next thing that you typically need, which these days this can kind of vary, uh, typically you need a pencil. Um, with character sheets, you don't really want to use pen because stuff changes way too often. Uh, the exception to this would be if you use D&D Beyond, which is pretty much my favorite thing ever because it does math for me. Um, if you use D&D Beyond for your character sheet, you don't need a pencil um, unless it's to take notes while you guys play, uh, which I still tend to do. Um, but you can update everything on that app. Again, I could go on and on for days about the D&D Beyond app. Um, before you use it, I always say double check with your DM. Um, I know some people who don't like to use it and some people who make it mandatory. So, you know, check with them, see, hey, are we doing this on paper? Are we doing this on the app? Um, do we have a choice? If you're, if you have a choice and you're a new player, I suggest starting with D&D Beyond because it does a lot of the math for you. So you can just kind of get into the 
story and gameplay aspect rather than spending, you know, a couple of weeks trying to figure out how the character works. Um, I've helped new players set up their character in D&D Beyond, and it makes their life much easier, even if they still don't really know what's going on. So there's that. Um, and probably the most important thing to bring with you to your first game of Dungeons and Dragons is your imagination. Um, I know that probably sounds corny, but realistically, um, you know, it's not a video game. It's not a board game. There may be some visuals, but a lot of the game is based on storytelling and imagination. If you don't have that, you're probably not going to enjoy the game as much as you know the other people you're playing with. Um, that's not to say that the game's not enjoyable if you don't have great imagination. Just come with an open mind. Because um, if you're not willing to kind of climb into this fantasy world, then you're not going to enjoy it as much as you could. So come in with an open mind, imagination, dice, pencil, or D&D Beyond. Okay, so now that those are out of the way, the next question, which for me was kind of the first question, is do I need a player's handbook? And if so, what one do I buy? So for that, you would need to talk to your DM. Um, if it's a group of new players, including the DM, my suggestion is 110% uh, fifth edition. Um, that's what D&D Beyond is compatible with. And really, it simplifies everything, um, not in a way that makes it boring, but in a way that lets you focus more on the story than on the stats. So, handbook uh, for fifth edition. Um, I don't necessarily use the handbook all that often because I use D&D Beyond and I have a digital copy of it there. But when I started playing, I started playing 3.5 and I had a PDF of the handbook and I referenced it all the time during games and also like it would be two in the morning. I'd be like, wait, can my character do this? And I'd pull up the PDF and I'd look it up and I'd write it down somewhere. Um, you probably aren't going to wake up at 2 a.m. thinking about your character, but if you do, it's definitely nice to have a handbook. Um, some DMs will say, no, you don't need it. We'll just, we'll walk you through. That's fine, um, especially if it's a homebrew game, which is, you know, not a game out of a book. Um, or if it's something that's not quite, like, there's, like, Doctor Who, um, games that are similar to D&D or Star Wars. If it's not, like, D&D, D&D, you might not need a handbook. Um, or they might suggest getting the, um, Dungeons & Dragons starter set, which you can get at, like, comic book stores or Target. It has basic rules. It has dice. Kill two birds with one stone there. It has, um... 
blank character sheets. It also has pre-filled character sheets. Um, and kind of a little guide to do like a mini game just to kind of get your feet wet so you are a little bit more comfortable with the game. Um, I personally uh, just jumped right in. They didn't have the starter set when I started playing. Um, it's fifth edition. Fifth edition wasn't out yet when I started playing. So it, from what I've heard, it makes things a lot easier. Um, but just in general, fifth edition makes things a lot easier. So if you're trying to decide handbook or no handbook, consult your DM first, but I'm always going to suggest getting a handbook. Um, like I said, usually now I reference D&D Beyond, but there have been days when I've just sat here and read the player's handbook as if it were a novel because I'm curious about you know races and classes that I don't play, and it's really nice to have it with you while you're playing, if you need to look something up, if you have a question about spells. Um, you know, a lot of times someone else that you're playing with may let you borrow theirs, but I still always recommend just, just buying a player's handbook. It's basically your Bible. Um, and then there's also for any new DMs, I would definitely suggest getting a Dungeon Master's Guide. This is from 3.5 which was obviously where I started playing. It's also the first and I think only game that I DM'd was 3.5. Um, that being said, if I went back now and tried to run a game on 3.5, I probably wouldn't remember how to do it. Um, so it's been a few years, but that's why we have the books. Um, so yeah, that's obviously something you really need to get started. Um, now, as far as character creation goes, um, there's 10 million different ways to approach this. So I'm going to go with kind of what I feel are the most common. So a lot of times um, you'll be creating your own character. I know sometimes DMs like to create the character for the player or, um, you know, create like the backstory, you create the character, vice versa. We're just going to kind of discuss if you're the sole creator of your character. So there's two main ways to approach that. And that is to create the story first and then create like, or choose like the race and class and all of that fun stuff based on the backstory. Or you can choose race and class, you know, roll your abilities, all that fun stuff, and then create the backstory. So I've done it both ways. Um, for me, it really just depends on whether or not I know what I want to do with the character. So if I know, for example, we need a healer in the group, I need to be the healer okay, that's great. Let's go on ahead and, you know, decide, okay, what, what do I want to be? Do I want to be a cleric, bard, druid? Decide the class based on that. Um, and usually also roll the abilities and then work on the backstory because I know, hey, the party needs this. Um, so I'll just go on ahead and plan to jump into that role and figure out my character from there. 
Um, this pat or this current game I'm playing, I should say. Um, typically, I like to play a druid. Um, that's just that's my preference. I played it in World of Warcraft. I've played it in a couple D and D games. That's just what I'm most comfortable with. But I was told, hey, you have to play a class that you haven't played before because I kind of got stuck in the I love druids, I always want to be a druid. So I kind of, this time around, I decided on the class, race, world, my abilities, and then thought, okay, how do I work this around it? So I decided to play a warlock because I'm I'm just always a magic user. If you put me in as a fighter, it would be basically as if I was starting completely from scratch as a brand new player, which it's definitely possible that that's going to happen, um, you know, with our next campaign or something along those lines. But in World of Warcraft and in D&D, I've always played magic users. So I've always been squishy but strong. It's the way I like to describe it. So I was like, okay, magic user. We haven't had any warlocks in any of our games that our group has played. And I think I could do some fun things with this. So because I'm slightly obsessed with druids, um, well, for starters, I, I have a lot of green dice because I'm slightly obsessed with druids. Um, but because I love druids, I wanted to still somehow fit that into my backstory. So for me, uh, my current character, she is a gnome warlock. Her mother is a druid. Her father is a ranger. Um, she's a forest gnome, so they live in the forest. So basically her backstory is, you know, she used to go out into the forest with her mother, who you know, worked with the creatures of the forest. She became best friends with a dryad who was then killed by orcs. And so now her patron is Oberon, the Green Lord, and she's working with him to try to, um, A, bring her friend back, and B, get revenge. Um, so, because I know typically warlocks are seen as like, evil or you know at least at the very least not not great um they're usually out for revenge in some way and my character she she's not evil per se she's just kind of distraught and trying to work off of that so in that way you know picked the character stats first, and then I was like, okay, what do I want to do with the story? Well, I'm most comfortable with, you know, druids and nature and that sort of thing, so let's play off of that. So, now if you flip-flop it, create the story first, and then pick the character. Um, my first game, um, let's see, yeah, so... I was told, hey, it's Disney-themed. The general races of D&D don't apply. Anything that you can fit into Disney will work. 
So I came up with this whole backstory of I wanted to be a fairy, didn't have any clue about classes or anything like that. Um, I knew I wanted to be a fairy. Um, so we kind of went with, you know, grew up in Pixie Hollow, um, knew Tinkerbell and all of the other fairies that are in the Tinkerbell movies. Um, you know, I, I left Pixie Hollow because I was bored with the everyday hustle and bustle of, you know, being around other fairies. I wanted to go out. I wanted to explore. Um, I had always been a bit of a healer. Um, and that one was more just, that's one of the things I was comfortable with playing in World of Warcraft. So I was like, okay, I'll pull this over. Not really even knowing what the classes were yet, just knowing there obviously has to be a healer. Um, so, you know, from Pixie Hollow, wanted to go out and explore, very curious. Um, and then more or less just kind of like started following this group and eventually, I mean, as much as I could have gone unnoticed, eventually decided to try to befriend this group, join them on their adventures, there we go. And so I had that, and then I sat down and said, okay, what are the classes? What would make most sense? So I wanted to heal. So, you know, could have done bard, could have done a cleric. We already had a druid in the party, so I decided, okay, I'm not gonna do that. Um, and cleric felt more right to me for a fairy because they use more magic. Um, you know, bards, it's a lot of like performance-based stuff. Cleric felt right. So I went with that um, as far as like racial stats, which is something you'll get into. A lot of times there's like bonuses for certain races. So I spent probably a good three or four hours looking up um, like stats for fairies online because it's not a race that's in the handbook necessarily. Um, now there's like sprites as a monster, monster in the monster manual. But at the time it was just searching like Reddit and D&D wikis and whatnot, looking for someone who had created stats for a fairy, which I ended up finding um, and kind of built it off of that. But it's really a matter of preference, whether you want to go with the story first or the kind of bones of the character first. Uh, there's advantages and disadvantages to both. Um, mainly being when you roll your abilities, which if you haven't played yet, this probably sounds like gibberish, but basically you roll dice to determine your ability scores. Um, and I've seen people who they have like a backstory of like this very wise, intelligent, strong character. And then when they roll their character's abilities, then you know, all the numbers end up being really low and they have to go back and kind of rewrite their backstory because it doesn't make sense anymore. Um, so for me, that's part of why I prefer these days, kind of prefer to create the bones of the character and then write the story from there. Um, 
that being said, sometimes you just, you have a great idea for a character. You just, you, you have the backstory all planned out and maybe you roll a little bit lower. Then you can talk to your DM, be like, hey, I really like this is what I had in mind for the character. Is it okay if we maybe like change some numbers around to make it work? And at the end of the day, it's up to them. Um, so if you're more of a, I want to do the backstory first, that's what I'm most excited about. And your dice rolls aren't what you want them to be, which you'll get used to that, trust me. Um, just sit down with your DM, be like, hey, this is what I wanted. What can we do to make this work? Um, it, it's a game. Usually they're not going to be like, no, you can't change anything. You have to change your backstory. That's rare. They want the game to be as exciting and kind of interesting for everybody as you do. If you have a great backstory written out and your dice don't match, chances are they're going to say, okay, let's let's change some stuff around with the dice. Maybe let me help you change some stuff with the backstory because at the end of the day, an interesting character is going to be way better than, you know, all low dice rolls because that's how things turned out and you don't really have the kind of backstory in your mind for the character so you're not playing it as intricately as you would otherwise. Um, so as far as character creation goes, that's just kind of the, the very, very basics of, you know, these are things that you need to do. As far as choosing characters, um, I feel like we could probably do several episodes on that, on, you know, building different races and classes and all that stuff. So that will probably happen, um, but I just wanted to kind of go over the very basics of what you need. So this takes us back to imagination for the character, um, for the story, for all of that fun stuff. Um, again, that's kind of the most important thing. Um, dice, like I said, I could go on for days about dice. Um, buy yourself one set. You can usually get them at like any local comic book store or game shop. You can get some online. Um, in our info tab, I have a link for Skull Splitter Dice, which I very much appreciate. Um, they've got a lot of cool ones. But usually I say just go to your local comic book store or game shop, um, get a set to start with pick a fun color, they're usually fairly cheap. Um, talk to your DM, see if you need a handbook. And from there, you're kind of good to go. Um, some One thing that I'm very passionate about that some games and DMs use, some don't, is minis. Um, so for me, I love minis. I love painting them. I love having like a physical representation of my character. Um, so kind of everyone else in the game can at least have the visual of what my character looks like, like size-wise, all of that fun stuff. Um, and I like having the 
you know, having the minis out, having the actual map so you can get a better idea of the space that you're in. For me, that just makes things a lot easier, especially in battles. Um, there are some DMs who don't use minis, don't use the map. Um, usually those DMs are very, very good storytellers, and so they can kind of make you aware of the space without really needing to show it to you. Um, that's something I would say ask your DM about, because to me, minis are extremely fun. Um, let's see. I have, she's really small. Um, that is my fairy. Uh, fairy. This was a fairy druid. This was not the fairy cleric. That was my first character. Um, she's not painted very well at all. Um, I've gotten a lot better at painting since then. But for me, I just like being able to say, hey, everybody, this is my character. This is, you know, how large or small she is compared to everybody else. This is what she looks like. So it's a little bit easier when playing the game and telling the story for the other people in the group to kind of visualize the characters and the people that they're interacting with. Um, so for me, that's one of my favorite things. Um, at some point, we're going to go over painting minis because I am getting much better at that and I thoroughly enjoy it. For me, it's kind of therapeutic. Um, so we'll definitely go over that at some point. But yeah, that is uh, the basics of kind of what you need to get started with your first game. Um, so yeah, that, and that's from the player standpoint um, as far as getting started from the DM standpoint in your first game. That we will jump into in another episode when Steve is here, since he is currently DMing multiple games. Um, that's just that's something that he's really good at. He thoroughly enjoys, so we will talk to him about that. Um, but until then, uh, check out our sponsors. Check out the links in the info tab that I have for um, you know D and D streams on Twitch that I enjoy, that I think you would enjoy as well, um, and Skull Splitter Dice. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.